0: Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor, and I'm Carrie Gessner. And today, this is our—we're we're recording this on New Year's Eve, <laughs> and we're going to talk about our top five movies that we saw in 2023.
1: Yes, I—I I think we've both seen a lot, and mine will not be a surprise at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think mine will be that much of a surprise either. And I noticed that as I was
0: looking through these, not all of these movies came out in 2023, but we saw them in
1: 2023. And yet most of mine are from 2023. Yeah, same. I wasn't expecting that, but... Me neither. Not that not a lot of movies came out the past couple years, but they slowed down because of the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of really good ones got released this year.
0: Yes, yes. And yet none of my top five did I see in the theater.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's so funny because all of my top five I saw in the theater.
0: Oh, that's funny. Actually, I don't oh, I don't know if I saw I'm sure I did.
1: You had I'm to, pretty
0: sure I saw at least one movie in the theater.
1: Yeah, I feel like you had to have gone at least once.
0: I think I'd win at least once, but none of these happened to be ones okay. I saw in the theater.
1: Yeah. so okay.
0: Let's wait, let's talk about our controversial runners up first. Uh, Because we were talking off air before we got started. I use an app called TVST to track all the movies and TV shows that I watch every year. And you use Letterboxd, which is pretty similar. Mm -hmm. But in my app, it will let you count comedy specials, like various comedians doing specials that are like a little over an hour, they'll let you count those as movies. And so I count them as movies for the total number of movies I watch per year, which ended up being 64. But a couple of those were comedy specials, like like John Mulaney's Baby J. I I thought was pretty good, but I didn't count it in my top five or anything, because it's not to me a movie, but I went ahead and counted it in my movie count. And
1: you had one that you wanted to include, but I, t- <laughs> I shut you down for a similar reason. <laughs> yes, I can also include comedy specials. I had a Hannah Gadsby one on there. Oh, yeah. But yeah. the one I wanted to include as my runner up was Waitress, which okay. was a musical on Broadway that was filmed and then it got released in theaters for a week or two. Uh-huh. And you said that didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it is a filmed play. <laughs> I. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's still, I think, I think it counts, but we can agree to disagree.
0: We can agree to disagree. Well, I mean, actually by that logic, like the Taylor Swift concert movie and the Beyonce concert movie would not count as movies, even though I think they, most people would
1: call them movies or films or whatever. Even though Um, you are 99% sure that I have one of those on my top five. (laughs) ah!
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? If if you think it's a film, then it's a film, and so we will just agree to disagree. I would have probably included some of the comedy specials that I watched in my tops uh, if I was including them. But uh, we can do a whole another episode in the future on comedy specials if you
1: want. We could. I did not expect that you would have this rigid definition of movie. I just <laughs> I am working with the definition of if it's. And at least an hour, uh-huh. and I could see it in the theaters or on TV, then it's a movie-ish. It's enough of a movie that I could put it on my movies list, because it's not a TV yeah. show.
0: No, it's not a TV show. It's a documentary. You can... <laughs> I don't know. Which is a movie.
1: Which is a movie. I didn't include <laughs> any
0: documentaries, even though I did watch a fair amount of documentaries this year. Yeah, but. I,
1: I tend not to track my documentaries actually
0: oh okay yeah interesting well okay <laughs> who would like to go fr- do you want to discuss more of your runners up before we dive into our official lists no
1: that was actually the only one that I had although I will give a shout out to the Fast and Furious series and the Mission Impossible series because I was uh-huh. I watched a bunch of those and they were fun
0: they didn't make your top
1: five though not quite not quite no not quite I think we should alternate okay yeah that's fun so our number five. Oh no i didn't put mine in order
0: oh okay you can see how well we plan those <laughs> well okay this is going to be my number five but i guess this will be your
1: arbitrary fifth in your no, list I'll, I'll put them in i'll put them in order right now okay
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll talk slowly okay <laughs> All right. Well, my number five was Asteroid City, which did come out in 2023. And this is a Wes Anderson film. I really love Wes Anderson films. I mean, there's been a few that I was not as enamored of. And there's even been a couple that I haven't seen. But usually I like to watch his movies. This one was like going back to ones that I've connected with a little bit more deeply. Things like Rushmore. I really love Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaums. And uh, this is much more in that Oeuvre. It's a pretty straightforward narrative, but it is very absurdist and mannered and silly. And it takes place in the 50s. So it's got a lot of, like, you know, retrofuturism about it because there's like a plot that has to do with aliens and UFOs and stuff and all of the usual suspects who are always in. Anderson's films like Jason Sh- Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, a lot of those folks, and uh, Willem Dafoe, etc. And it's not, there's like a very loose plot. It's kind of, there's this, like desert town called Asteroid City where there's a youth astronomy convention and then shenanigans ensue. And uh, it's mostly all about the style of it. It's all very, you know, symmetrical and pastel and saturated and the music is very specific to the scenes and it's just really quirky and fun. And the interesting thing is that I, I posted about this on social media and an acquaintance of mine like immediately was like oh i hated that i wanted to walk out of it in the theater oh my and gosh so it's very polarizing i think if you like this kind of movie this does everything that is like everything you expect it it exemplifies the subgenre of wes anderson movies <laughs> okay and so if you like that you're going to like it if you don't you may really hate it because it is turned up to 11 and mm-hmm. if you're in between i don't know i don't know um, the cast may help kind of get it over the uh, get it over the goal line for you, but I really liked yeah. it a lot. I thought it was very twee. Um, I thought it was cute and it was heartwarming and and a little bit thinky in places. So, yeah. okay,
1: yeah. Cool. cool. I don't think I've ever seen a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, this might be an interesting one to start with because it's all of his stuff packed into one movie. Yeah, that's true.
1: Okay, I yeah. will keep you updated. Okay. My number five is Barbie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was really cute and fun. It was whimsical, as we have discussed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really liked that Greta Gerwig just sort of leaned into the pink and the plastic and like the physical sets were really cool because I feel like we moved away from that, especially with like Marvel films. Mm Mm-hmm. I read this thing where the set designers figured out the Barbie was always like twenty three percent bigger than her surroundings, so they built the set that way. Oh, so everything's like a little bit small. Oh, weird. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought that was a, like they put a lot of thought into it, and I thought the performances were really great, and it made me cry. Oh, <laughs> I really liked the discussion of like what it means to be a human and you have to feel all of the things the bad things and the good things Uh and you can't really only feel the good things because that's Uh not realistic so i i really like the journey of barbie becoming like a real person i don't know i just thought it was i thought margot robbie did a really great job (laughs)
0: oh Hey, I'm excited. I still haven't seen that. And I'm excited oh. to see it. I've been basically spoiled for the whole thing. And students okay, of mine sorry. have written papers on it. No, no, it's fine. I'm excited. I think I have put it off because I know it's gonna make me cry. and You know how I don't
1: mm. like to cry. So. I I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate feeling all the feelings. So <laughs> We hate feelings over here. <laughs> we do. But I will put it
0: I will put that aside for the sake of Barbie. So okay. Yay. I'm glad Yay. you like that. Thank you. Well, my number four was something from 2019, and that was Long Shot, and this is weird to come up this high in my oh. list for the year, but I had put off watching this. I needed to watch it for like a book project I'm working on, and I put it off and put it off because I thought, oh, this is going to be a dumb comedy, and it's not, but it is it is adorable and heartwarming <laughs> and romantic, and I cried. And oh, Wow. It was really sweet. And it's, I have read up on like Reddit and stuff that this is like a sleeper, like kind of a cult rom-com at this point. But anyway, this is from 2019. So it is, actually, did he write it? No, it was directed by Jonathan Levine, written by Dan Sterling and Liz Hanna. For some reason, I thought Seth Rogen actually wrote it, but he's just in it. So basically, Seth Rogen is a journalist. He is kind of a, He's a little bit of a mess, but he's actually really, really good at his job. So I liked that they made him schlubby and he's kind of a stoner and whatever, but he's also like incredibly competent. And you know, I love people who are competent (laughs) at their jobs in fiction. And then he basically, he goes undercover to do an article about neo-Nazis, but then he gets made and he has to like, and then, I don't know, there's a series of unfortunate events. He loses his job. (laughs) And he reconnects with his former babysitter, who is played by Charlize Theron, and she has since become the Secretary of State.
1: <laughs> That's so weird.
0: Yeah. And because, c- of course, you'd be like, well, what is she seeing him? And what, is- how is he going to... But like they knew each other when they were teenagers. And when I say he- she was his babysitter, she was like two to three years older than him. So it was okay. not really... I think it was more... She might have even been more babysitting his younger siblings or something. Okay. And he had a little crush on her, of course, when he was growing up. So they reconnect and wackiness ensues. She <laughs> is tapped to run for president. Oh. The outgoing president decides he doesn't want to run again and he likes her and she's very good at her job again. I love that competency stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she decides to run for president and she hires Seth Rogen then to be her one of her speechwriters because he's really funny. So she has him do like punch up and stuff. And like a lot of stuff happens, then they fall in love. And it's kind of controversial because he's a mess (laughs) and she's trying to be president and she works (laughs) too much. And they the thing they have in common, other than both being incredibly good at their jobs, is they are not good at romance or relationships. (laughs) And they're just goofy together. And he I mean there is a little bit of manic pixie dream girl kind of tropes but he's the manic pixie dream girl in a way <laughs> because she's she works too much and blah blah and he kind of opens her up and lets her have fun but she also kind of instills in him that this is serious and you have to kind of grow up and you know quit quit being such a layabout and whatever and <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to spoil this. Everything about it was just sparkly and cute and fun and goofy. And it is a little bit gross in places. So if you don't want it to be too sappy, it's not. And there's some interesting little weird political, like intrigue in bits. And it's just fantastic. And in addition to Seth Rogen, and Charlize Theron, who are fantastic, and they are, they have a lot of chemistry. They're very cute together. Andy Serkis is this gross, like Fox News type mogul. June Diane Raphael is one of Charlize's staffers, and she's great. The president is Bob Odenkirk. (laughs) The prime minister of Canada is Alexander Skarsgård, looking quite handsome. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Lisa Kudrow has a small part. Paul Scheer has a small part. Anyway, it's just really – it's really cute, and I was surprised, and I don't tend to watch movies like this much anymore, but there is something to be said for, like, a bigger budget rom-com that was meant to be theatrical, and it was released in the theaters, and it's, like, mid-budget, you know, like, there's no special effects, there's no gimmicks, it's just a straightforward rom-com, and we don't get those enough anymore, so – We do not. Yeah, it's a little bit of a throwback, so super feminist, super, you know – like the men are not toxic. It's just really cute. But again, it is gross. It's rated R. It's a lot of like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, frat humor in places, but not sexist frat humor. It's just okay. a little, a little bit gross. But you know, it's yeah. But it's cute. I really liked it. Okay, loved it.
1: All in right, fact. good to know that. <laughs> no, that sounds really good. Yeah, I was thrown off by the fact that it's R. But I guess that makes sense. So yeah, like it's odd. kind of some gross stuff.
0: It's a little gross. It's like an HBO, like okay. it's not that you could handle it. I believe in you. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I I I think I can't handle it. Yes. <laughs> I just didn't but, expect.
1: I didn't expect it for some reason. Yeah. But we were talking about with our friend Rachel about the holiday and how mm-hmm. Jack Black is sort of a dark horse rom-com lead. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. This sort of gives me those vibes like yes with Seth Rogen is that true? Is that, yes. Is that accurate?
0: I like Seth Rogen but in an abstract way, but this movie made him be feel like oh, I could yeah. This is not a that weird of a coupling. Like <laughs> she's so much prettier than him in an objective way, but he is <laughs> very cute and appealing in this. So, okay, cool. It didn't it didn't make me think he should only do rom-coms, but right. I feel like he can he
1: can handle it he can handle nice. it yeah well cool i actually am really interested in watching that so i might do that this week <laughs> do it it's fun it's lighthearted. it'll you'll you'll be
0: surprised and it that came out in 2019 so that is the only that's the oldest movie on my list so. okay
1: cool yeah
0: so what's your next one
1: my number four is one that we've talked about already the hunger games ballad of songbirds and snakes uh, so a yeah. lot of these we have talked about on the pod mm-hmm So I've I've gone very in-depth into why I like them. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: if you need a little bit of reminder, like some people love Twilight and some people love other YA series and The Hunger Games was sort of that series for me. Mm -hmm. I read it at the right time and the movies came out pretty recently after that. And I just thought they were all really well done. And I was excited to get a new installment because... It's been like 10 years and I was like, "Oh, this makes me feel <laughs> like I'm, you know, like I'm 10 years ago in the past." What? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like this yeah. makes me feel younger and fun and like it brought back a little bit of nostalgia and I was like, "Oh, the world was a little bit simpler pre-pandemic and all that stuff." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the nostalgia factor was a big one, but I also just thought it was really well done, that the actors were pretty incredible. The storyline was good i really enjoyed that it was a villain origin story which Uh is not something you see all too often Uh but it it really felt like a tragedy in the truest sense of the word or the Uh oldest sense of the word i guess where everything is is just like oh you see things going wrong and you're like maybe we could get out of it maybe we could get out of it but you can't (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> everything's sort of preordained and not preordained, but it's preordained by the character and mm-hmm. their flaws and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had a lot of fun in the theater. It was surprising at some bits because I it'd been a, a year or two since I read the book, so I forgot some things mm-hmm. and I like was very surprised or shocked at some of the things that happened in it and in the theater, which was a fun experience because you know, I've gone to the theater a lot more this year than I have in the past couple years combined. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I should like sign up for my local theater, like special, that special app where I get a, a movie ticket every month or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was part of it was one of the movies that made me go Oh, I really like being in the theater and like having that theatrical experience. So yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> like you've made that sound good. I'm probably going to wait till it comes on streaming, but I that is yeah. definitely something that I think I would like. So well, cool. I hope
1: you enjoy it when you see it. Thank you.
0: So my number three was one we have also talked about on the pod before. No one will save you, which I then yes. convinced you to watch, but I don't think you liked it quite
1: as much as I did. I thought it was a rewarding experience, but I don't think I ever would really want to rewatch it. But that's
0: all. I mean, same, but I did think so to remind listeners, this was uh, this came out this year and it's a science fiction horror film with Caitlin Deaver. She's living by herself and she's all cloistered, and these aliens invade her home. And there's one very specific gimmick that the film employs that I think that's why it rose to my top five. And I thought Caitlin Deaver's performance was amazing and she basically has to be in the movie alone the whole time pretty mm-hmm. much like not not totally but she's almost completely alone and for that i mean i think she just deserves some kudos i hope she's i don't know that she'll get nominated for like an emmy or something but because this was well okay actually she could be eligible for an oscar cuz it did get theatrically released briefly but it was mostly a hulu original film but i bet she could be up for like a some kind of science fiction award or something Maybe, yeah. If nothing else. But she just did a fantastic job. And I really hope filmmakers take notice and cast her in more stuff, because I really thought she was absolutely wonderful in this. So...
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it was technically very well done. Yes,
0: very technically well done. So...
1: It reminded me... I haven't seen A Quiet Place, but it reminded mm-hmm. me a little bit of that. and Yes. Especially in the sense that like, I read the script of A Quiet Place was like 61 pages, which... <laughs> The standard for script writing is it's a a page equals a minute on the screen. Uh But when you don't have a lot of talking and you have a lot of description, the Uh script can be really short. So I don't know. I was just thinking about it in terms of that for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, they have a lot in common, which, again, I don't want to spoil the the big twist of this, but they are very similar movies. And that one is also both of the Quiet Place movies are amazing. This may be not as good as those are. But it is just a fun, unique thing. It's nice and short, and so if you've got Hulu, I think it is worth. And it's not. This is like not very graphic for a horror film. It's, I think it's like PG thirteen or something. So it's, Mm -hmm. if you want a non-gory, scary sci-fi movie, this would be great.
1: Yes, I agree. So what's your number three? Uh, It's also sort of a sci-fi movie. It's the Marvels. (laughs) Oh yeah. Not surprising again. But mm-hmm. I love a good superhero movie, and I think, as we've talked about, we're all sort of feeling the superhero fatigue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was really fun to see a female-led superhero movie, mm-hmm. especially with three women at the front, and they're all so different,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was a lot of fun. I liked seeing Carol Danvers back. I liked seeing Kamala. I'm going to say her name wrong again. <laughs> Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. <laughs> I liked seeing... <laughs> Kamala in a feature film versus on her own in her series. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't seen Monica in WandaVision yet, Mm -hmm. but I liked getting to see her character. And they're all very different and they work together really well. And it was just, it was so funny. And I didn't expect it to be that funny. So Uh I just had a really good time at the theater. And there was, like I I had said when we talked about this, there was also also some really good character development for everyone. So, yeah, I just thought it was, like, super well done. And just, like, a lot of my top movies are the ones I had fun at. Like, I actually enjoyed the watching experience. Like, nowadays, I don't really care if something is like Oscar worthy or anything like that I'm always just like am I having fun at the movie so Mm -hmm. I had a ton of fun at this one and I yeah I really hope that they get to make a sequel to it but we'll see (laughs) yeah
0: we'll see I think it was a bad sign we did try to find a place showing it over like the holiday break and it was gone from everywhere except a place an hour from us
1: oh yeah so, I'm going to
0: have to wait till it comes on Disney Plus. Yes. Hopefully that'll be soon. Yeah. Actually. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my number two, are we at number two? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is one I just watched a couple of days ago on a whim. That's <laughs> Saltburn.
1: Oh okay this
0: this is from this year <laughs> and it was it was released in the UK for a little bit and then limited theatrical release and then it dropped on prime video just on December 22nd. So
1: yeah, this uh, <laughs> this is I feel like this one is a little bit controversial a perhaps? little bit <laughs> a little bit. So
0: this is made by the same filmmaker, Emerald Fennell, who wrote and directed Promising Young Woman, Mm -hmm. which is similarly kind of edgy, controversial. This this movie is very edgy and very R-rated, and it is kind of a mesh of a black comedy, a psychological drama, and a thriller. Okay. But it's also a comedy of manners. Hmm. It's – it's – Okay, it takes place in the early 2000s, but you feel like you're in, like, the Edwardian period, because it's set at this big, like, country estate in, in England. And I don't want to spoil too much, because this is a, this movie rewards going in blind, which is what I did. I knew the title, and I thought the, the graphic of the title looked interesting, and I heard people were buzzing about it online. I'm like, let's watch this without any preamble. And okay. It, it, it benefited from that. <laughs> it is a very uncomfortable watch. <laughs> don't watch it with your parents. Don't okay. watch it. With... But just to give the basic sketch of it, this guy Oliver Quick, who's played by Barry Keane, he goes to Oxford and he's he's kind of a nerd, but you don't really know in what sense and he's kind of awkward seeming. And he makes friends with this guy Felix Catton, played by Jacob Lordy. And Felix is much more affluent, and but they become fast friends and close friends. And Oliver tells Felix that his parents were addicts and just a mess, and that he's a scholarship kid. And it seems to make Felix more sympathetic to Oliver and make him feel, you know, like, oh, you poor guy, whatever. And so, when I think it's, I think this is the order of things that Oliver tells Felix that his dad dies from a fall while he was high or something oh, wow. and then he feels like I don't have any place to go for the summer and so Felix says come to my family's estate saltburn okay for the summer and you'll just stay there and so he's got a very quirky family his mother is played by rosemond Pike <laughs> nice and she is something else she is <laughs> like wild and very weird if you watch this you will really like her a lot she's just she just says what she thinks and is, does not care. Um, and she's married to Richard E. Grant, who he is technically a lord or something, but he's much older than her. and it seems a little more not quite with it in terms of not really getting how mean his wife is, basically. but they also seem to be kind of in love. And then he also has a sister who is his sister, Venetia, played by Allison Oliver. And then Felix also has this cousin, Farley, played by Archie Mediqui. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. And Farley seems to quickly pick up on some things and not feel like Oliver really deserves to be there for the summer. Hmm. But I don't want to say much more because things get bananas and like quickly and really crazily and it just goes nuts and our friend Rachel was saying like i've heard the ending is polarizing and it's like for a lot of different reasons but again this is very dark it's very weird and but even though it's set in the 2000s there's like two layers of retro going on in terms of the the filming style so yes it feels like it's the early 2000s but Fennell uses some techniques that makes it feel like a movie that was made in the 60s or 70s. Mm. And then furthermore, because of the setting, it feels like it's like 1910. Interesting. So yeah, it's filmed really interestingly. It's shot in like four three, which is an aspect ratio that's usually for square televisions. And it's because she wanted it to feel claustrophobic and like you were peeking in somewhere you shouldn't. Hmm. And that is basically the whole thing. It's like you feel like you should not be seeing what you're seeing (laughs) in an uncomfortable way. But let me tell you, the two main leads are fantastic. And Barry, I don't know how his last name is hard to pronounce too Keegan or Keoghan. He especially is very strong and gross and weird and should get. (laughs) An Oscar, like seriously, Rosemond Pike. If she doesn't get nominated for Best Supporting Actress, I will be pretty annoyed. <laughs> it is really good. It, like, there's already an active subreddit just on this film. It also, oh, Carrie Mulligan has a small part as like a friend of uh, Rosemond Pike's character, and she's very weird and off the wall. <laughs> and the music is really good, both the score and the songs chosen. It's got a lot of comparison to The Talented Mr. Ripley. which kind of is the only amount of spoiler I want to give. Because again, I feel like this rewards going in a little more unknown, but just be prepared that it is uncomfortable and upsetting, but also a lot of like teen girls like it just because the guys are kind of hot and whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's so complex. And there's a lot about like lying is a big theme class warfare and class inequality is a big theme, identity, sexual affinity, like it's just a, it's got a lot going on. It's just really, it's very complex. So okay. yeah, loved it. Very weird. <laughs> not for everybody. Not for yes. everybody.
1: I don't think it's for me, but maybe I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. And also there's a really old movie from, I think it's actually from like 1970, I want to say, I haven't looked this up. This cult film called *The Ruling Class* with Peter O'Toole, where he plays a guy who inherits a lordship title when his father dies, but he is literally clinically insane and thinks he's the Messiah. And it reminded me so much of that. So that's what we're dealing with: this level of craziness. And uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So it's a lot. Okay, it's a lot. Interesting. What is your What is your number two?
1: My top two, my number two is so much different from yours. It's Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Complete opposite tonally, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Totally. (laughs) And we're going the adventure route into a fantasy world. And Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone is basically a good character. Mm -hmm. There is some lying, but only (laughs) to... <laughs> <laughs> only to save the day and all that stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a big Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons person even though it's I trip over saying it all the time. And <laughs> also, I'm just a big fantasy person and we don't get a lot um, of fantasy film like true high epic fantasy films. No, like ever really. Yep. So, yeah. I was very excited for this one to come out. Mm-hmm. It exceeded all my expectations. The cast is wonderful. Chris Pine is charming. Everyone else, Michelle Rodriguez, I can't remember, I could see all their faces, but <laughs> Justice yeah. Smith, mm-hmm. Sophie Lilly, is that right? Is that I think name? so. I think so. You, Grant, they're all very, very good. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fun fantasy romp. And I think, mm-hmm. again, right up my alley in terms yes. of having fun at the theater. And mm-hmm. I went to see it with some friends who were in my D&D group, and that was just a lot of fun. I cried a little bit at the end, everything (laughs) turns out well, and I really hope they make a sequel Mm -hmm. because I think that would be a lot of fun and they could do a lot of cool things with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I really enjoyed that one. Well, and let me reassure you, that was on my runner's up list and (laughs)
0: it was, it scored very high for me. It just didn't quite make it into the top five. I loved it. I thought it was super funny. I loved that it was funny. Because I think I like fantasy too, especially in film more so than to read it. Mm-hmm. And I think one drawback of some fantasy is that it's not, it takes it t- itself too seriously. And this mm-hmm. was obviously not that. And I like Hugh Grant. I think he's charming and he made a good villain, but he was a complicated villain. And Chris Pine is just fun. Everybody was, everybody had so much fun and it was really humorous. And I, yeah, I really hope they make a sequel. I think it'll be great.
1: Yeah, that's a good point actually because I think there was this Game of Thrones effect where fantasy got super dark and serious. Mhm. And Dungeons and Dragons like you have some settings or some storylines that can be like that, but I think the the heart of it is very fun and you're focused on adventure and you're also focused on like companionship. Mm-hmm. So you want to have fun with your friends and mm-hmm. The movie really brought that out because they sort of become this bonded group. Mm -hmm. They don't really necessarily all like each other at the front at the start, um, but they go through this big experience together and they like hanging out and they made a good decision not to make it too serious. Yes. Me, especially, I want to pull away from that Game of Thrones effect and just have fun with fantasy again. (laughs) Yeah. There was an older Dungeons and
0: Dragons film. Oh, right. I don't remember what year. But I think it did take itself a little more seriously, and it was a good idea to not take that tone with this new one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So what is your number one?
0: My number one is one I watched very early in the year, and it's from late 2022. Okay. But I think it was a favorite of a lot of people. So I feel very vindicated or justified, I guess, in calling it my favorite movie that I saw this year. And that was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, which was just, oh my goodness. I do wish I'd been able to see this in the theater. I just, I waited too long and then it showed up on streaming. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. I can't remember if we actually talked about this on the pod before. Did we? I I don't think so, no. I don't think so. So the main star of it is Michelle Yeoh and she is fantastic. Like, just brilliant. Um, Stephanie Su, Kiwi Kwan, Jenny Slate, Harry Shum Jr., James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis has a, mm-hmm. I think, Oscar Oscar winning role in this, and this one Best Picture. So basically, Evelyn Wang is... She runs a laundromat with her husband, and it's really complicated to explain, <laughs> yeah. right? It's so confusing. <laughs> Let me just basically say this... the genre considered of this this is an absurdist comedy drama science fiction martial arts (laughs) surreal there's animation there's like time travel there's a multiverse i don't know it's just it's impossible to describe the plot but there's a lot about mothers and daughters Mm -hmm. and there's a lot about immigration or not so much immigration, but being an immigrant, the immigrant experience, the multi generational immigrant experience in the U.S. But like being her daughter, Joy, kind of ha- has conflict with that, and and <laughs> I don't know how to describe <laughs> this. It's also a, such a sweet love story. Evelyn and her husband have these mo. I don't know. I don't know. It's bananas. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all really over hard the to place. Explain.
1: It's really hard to explain.
0: I feel like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for it, and the plot description is like three screens. So, like, I'm scrolling it at 110% font, and it's three scrolls through. So, that's a lot. Who is this film for? I think anybody who likes, like, If you're not scared of cross-genre movies. Yes. If you're not scared of experimental movies. And this was written by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, and they also directed it. Originally, it was supposed to be Jackie Chan play her role, and it was seen as much more of a martial arts movie, but I think they, when they cast her and re- Refashioned some of the elements They made it much more this mother-daughter thing mm-hmm. And amped up the comedy Because I do think she's pretty good at comedy But she's also a really brilliant martial artist And I love seeing a woman Over 40 being the lead of a film I mean this is just like It's magical It's just it's <laughs> magical I I came away I did cry I came away feeling so satisfied And happy and just reassured Some of it is a little treacly I will say but they've got so much going on that I think it it's okay. It's okay that it was a little tree clean places because, okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> really good music. Really good. It's a little bit confusing, uh, but it's the kind of movie mm-hmm. that I think does reward multiple viewings. Yes. And yeah, it's just, it's lovely. I mean, the main thing is that she's got some trouble with the IRS and then her husband's trying to divorce her and her dad has like, like he's not super physically well and then as she's at the IRS this other version of her husband comes who's from a different universe who's trying to help her learn about the multiverse and how she's she's able to jump universes through this technology anyway so that's kind of like (laughs) yeah but it starts out with this very like normal family and it seems like this is just a drama but it's yeah it's just crazy right it's crazy yeah
1: yeah, it is. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it so much. Thank you. What was your number one? Well, to the surprise of no one, it is mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's The Eras is Tour Concert. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to point out mm-hmm. that dictionary.com <laughs> says the definition of a movie is a story, event, or the mm-hmm. like, presented in the form of a motion picture, and it does okay. define motion picture. But to me, this is a movie. This was a cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. I had such a good time in the theaters with my friend and mm-hmm. just put my feet up and groove to the music. And <laughs> I got to notice a lot, of, a lot of cool things that I didn't notice at the actual concert because I was so high up. <laughs> but it was still amazing. <laughs> but it was still like I got to relive a good concert that I went to with my sister and my friend's. Mm-hmm. and like you know that taylor swift is one of my top artists so mm-hmm. i love almost every single one of her songs and mm-hmm. being able to listen to it for three hours was just like yeah this is a good afternoon <laughs> <laughs> it's great i'm very excited for it to come out on streaming where i can buy it it's available for rent now but not to buy because oh. i know I'll, it's one of those things that i'll put on like when i get to clean or something like that you know yeah And I would love for my mom to see it because I think she would get a kick out of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was it really, I guess, embodied the idea that the a trip to the theater should be an experience. Yes. And I loved it. I just had such a good time. So the theme for my list is, did I have a good time at the theater? (laughs) (laughs) And I think the
0: theme of my list is, did it make me think? Yes.
1: Yes. And yeah, you're, uh, yeah. you're more cerebral than I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think, I'll, you know, many of your picks are things that I also still enjoyed. And mm-hmm. I watched a lot of like the stuff that did not make my top list were a lot of random horror that was ultimately not as satisfying. Like mm-hmm. I watched all of the main Conjuring movies this year and they were <laughs> fine, but uh, they just didn't do it. So I feel like yeah. my next year goal I I really leaned hard into some of this horror stuff and I think I need to find more comedies and stuff because okay. something like Long Shot snuck up on me and was really enjoyable. But usually I would have put a lot of Marvel movies on here and I did see a couple but they didn't make even my runners up and I just I do think we're at peak like the bubble is bursting yeah. for me for superhero movies. So I've got to remember that and not not be mad if they're not as good. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I don't know what Marvel's plan is. Hopefully, they'll slow down a little bit. Yeah. Put a little more thought into into their releases, but mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, they'll release something soon that you will enjoy again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or enjoy a lot again. And I hope that they we get another Dungeons and Dragons movie soon. That'll be happy for <laughs> both <you>. of us.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know where you can find all these movies you can <laughs> rent all of them yes but a site that i actually use is called justwatch.com ah and you can just type in the movie and it'll tell you all the streaming services that is on and where you can rent it perfect so great i would advise you to use that <laughs> yes
0: i agree that's wonderful great well next time we're going to be talking about more great pop culture stuff so be sure to join us soon I will be on the next episode and maybe even the one after that. We're not sure yet, but then I have to take a little break over part of January. So Carrie is going to have some episodes where she flies solo or has some guest hosts on. We're not sure yet, but then I, will, I hope to be back as soon as I possibly can.
1: Yes. And we wish you a relaxing time and we look forward to having you back. Thank
0: you. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, which is positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop.